And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction of prepositions, a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. And comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to The Aldridge Family, starring Ezra Stone from 1940. Then we'll open the creaking door to The Inner Sanctum, starring the beautiful French actress Simone Simone. And by my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? I am right by your side. You I'm doing are. doing a little stargazing. Right. Okay. Are so you a thorn in my side? I don't think so, am okay. I? Okay. I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. Try <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> am I a thorn in your side? Absolutely not. I didn't think so. Justin Timberlake is officially getting back into the clothing business. He is? He is. Now, he made an official announcement just He doesn't have enough week. money, talent. Beautiful woman that he's married to, kids. Um, he's got to be in the clothing uh, business Yes, now he too? does. Now, okay. it's called William Rast. Uh-huh. That's the name. Now, they sell it at Macy's and Nordstrom's and uh-huh. Dillard's and Bloomingdale's. And I know you're it? a fan what is, well, I, of Nordstrom. I, I, well, I'm a fan of Justin Timberlake, too. Okay, Big and time. Justin Timberlake. So next time you need a new pair of blue jeans, uh-huh. you should seek out a little William Rast brand. So I have one pair of jeans. I wear them all the time. I noticed that. Just one pair and that's good enough. Is it? Yeah. I'm okay. frugal. Are you? I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, um, who's Jack that guy? Penny? No, there's a, <laughs> the, uh, Anderson Cooper. I heard Anderson Cooper one time talking about that. He has one, one jeans. He only right. has one set of jeans. He wears them all the time. Yeah. It's hard he, to keep them And someone clean said, like do you that. wash them? He's like, no. Why should you have to ever wash jeans? Yeah. Mike and I were noticing that could be an issue here in the, in the studio. But in any event, if you wanted a second pair of jeans, you might consider Justin Timberlake's line, probably William Rask. very Rast, expensive. And I'm very their, frugal. Well, I, I'm well aware of your frugality. I'm well aware. Oh, that's a for, big word. Oh, I know. Frugality. Four syllables. For their premium jeans is, is their big thing. They've got other things, jackets uh-huh. and tops, but premium jeans, and he says it gives a nod to his southern roots. He's from a town called Millington, which is very close to Nashville, mm-hmm. and he says it sort of brings together his country and the blues and rock and roll, and that's what he puts into these jeans. Okay. So, you know, You know I what know. I put into my jeans? I my don't want to know. And then my right leg. All right, so it's time now for, thanks, Lisa, it's time now for uh, the conclusion to the Aldrich family. We tuned this in part one last time. Let's go back to February 20th, 1940 for Rabbits and Pigeons on the Aldrich family. Now, getting back to the problems of Henry Aldrich. Without telling his parents, Henry has inserted an advertisement in the town paper and signed it with the name Aldrich. The scene opens the following day in his father's office. Miss Thompson, I don't have a great deal of time. Will you take the letter in a hurry, please? Yes, Mr. Aldrich. To the Brown Realty Company. Dear Mr. Brown, this is to advise you 
But unless steps are taken at once... Mr. Aldrich's office? Yes? Yes? <laughs> no, sir. You must have the wrong number, I'm afraid. Wrong number? Yes, sir. Now then, you just started a letter to the Brown Realty Company. Dear Mr. Brown, this is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Uh, yes. This is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Mr. Aldrich's office? What was that? I don't understand you. Say that slowly, please. One moment. Mr. Aldrich, somebody wants to talk to you about something. Let me have it. Samuel Aldrich speaking. What number are you calling? Pigeon coops? <laughs> Did you say pigeon coops? Well, my name is Aldrich. I'm the only Aldrich in town, but I don't buy pigeon coops. <laughs> Who is this talking? Charlie? <laughs> oh, you can't fool me, Charlie. Now, listen, Charlie, I'm busy as the deuce right now. I'll give you a call later. Don't bother me. Goodbye. Charlie Goslin would try to be funny just when I'm trying to get my work done. Tried to make me think his name was Tony Vichito. To be quite honest, Mr. Ulrich, I never did like Mr. Goslin. Well, we get a lot of business from him. Uh, now then, where were we? This is to advise you that unless steps are taken at once... Is that all the father we got? It is. Unless steps are taken at once... Uh, what was it I was going to say? I have no idea. Oh, I remember. Uh, toward improving the property, occupied by my... Let me answer that. Sam Aldrich speaking. Who? <laughs> yes, Charlie. Still selling pigeon coops? Or we'll take all 15. No. <laughs> yes, deliver them right to our house. I don't care where you put them. Put them in the living room. Yes, and don't bother me anymore. Just because Charlie Goslin happens to be a client. How far are we? Right where we were. Yes. You know, it would be just like Charlie to go and find 15 pigeon coops and deliver them to our house. I remember one other practical joke he tried to play off. Miss Thompson, please answer that. If it's Charlie again, tell him I've gone for the day. Hello? Yes, sir. One moment, please, Mr. Aldrich. It's the Centerville Feed Company. They want to know whether they may supply you with cracked corn. For what? One moment. Hello? Mr. Aldrich wants to know what he would use cracked corn for. No, Mr. Aldrich has not changed his business. He's still practicing law. Goodbye. Cracked corn? Crack? Did that sound like Charlie Goslin? My suspicion is that was Mr. Goslin. Hmm. Oh, no, no. He probably phoned the Centerville Feed Company and told them to call here. Now, unless steps are taken at once to him... Who's at the door? You Mr. Aldridge? I am. About how many pigeon coops did you want? I beg your pardon? How many did you want? Did you say pigeon coops? Pigeon coops. A pork can let you have all you need up to 60. May I ask who sent you here? I don't know. My paw just told me to come up here. Where is your paw? Down in front. Had a park double. We got all 60 down there. You have 60 pigeon coops down in front for me? Sure. You want them brought up here? To the office? No. You can also fix you up with 60 feeding trays. <laughs> no, I'll answer the phone. Now then, young man, may I ask how your father happened to come here? I don't know. 
Do you know a gentleman by the name of Charles Goslin? Never heard of him. Well, here's what you're to do. You're to deliver your confounded coops to Mr. Goslin's residence at 12 Church Street. All 60? All 60, and all 60 feeding trays. Who pays for them? Send the bill to Mr. Goslin. Sure. Take them over right away. That's fine. Mr. Aldrich. Mrs. Aldrich is on the phone. What does she want? There's a gentleman by the name of a Cheeto at your house unloading pigeon coop. Insists upon leaving them in the living room. Now I know it was Charlie. Mrs. Aldrich says he had nothing to do with it. Well, then the fellow must be insane. That's why she says you're to come over. Yes, yes. Where's my hat and coat? Right in the middle of the busiest day I ever had. If anyone else calls Miss Thompson, I've left. Hello, Father. Hello. Uh, could I speak to you just a minute? You may not. Goodbye. Well, what do you know about that? <laughs> Miss Thompson, is he in a hurry over something? He is. And if I were you, I wouldn't follow him. Well, Miss, Miss Thompson could... I've got access to Where's Sam Aldridge? He just went out. I've got exactly what he wants outside on my truck. What is it? Eight of the darlingest pigeon coops you ever put your two eyes on. Well, gee whiz, could you haul them over to my house? And why not? Well, I don't think anyone's home. Oh, now you take the coops, and I'll give you a dozen fine birds to go with them. You will? I will not. Gee whiz, I'll be getting an even better start than I thought I would. Let's go. For the last time, please put the rest of your coops on your wagon and get away from the front of my house. You know advertise. I did not advertise. <laughs> the lady, she know advertise. I did not advertise. No one in this house advertised. We couldn't have. That's a funny thing. My wife, she's a reader to me after law. What you probably did was to misunderstand the name. What's your name? Aldrich. Aldrich, that's all right. I'm a telephone to him. He's a say, sure, so bring me 15 of coops. <laughs> all right, I'll admit that I'm the one who answered the phone, but uh, I thought you were somebody else. I'll meet the his price. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought you were a friend by the name of Charlie. I'll sell the chi What's the Charlie got to do with it? Now listen, my friend. For the last time, put that final crate on your wagon and get away from here. All right, all right. I'm going to go home and read the ad. You sure you know one of these are coops of chip? Get out. All right, all right. Give me up, please. <laughs> Goodbye. Maybe I see you tomorrow. No. <laughs> well, thank goodness he's gone. Oh, you know, Alice, I honestly believe the fellow's crazy. Did you hear him? He practically insisted that we advertise. Father, take a look. What is it, Henry? And what I've got right here in this truck. Pigeon coops. Where did you get those? They're for my pigeons. How are you, Sam Aldridge? Well, could you give me a hand, Henry, boy? Sure. Hey, one minute. Henry, are you unloading those here? Sure. Oh, down with them, me son. Hey, wait before you unload that. Oh, it's not too heavy, Father. Uh, there you are. What's that I hear? Now, for three years, I've been wanting to show you me gratitude, Sam. Mulligan, I'm sorry, but we have no place here for those pigeons. But, Father, they aren't costing us a cent. We're getting them absolutely free. What do you mean? Mr. Mulligan has very kindly consented to credit the coops toward a bill he owes Father. What was that? Don't you think that's fair, Father? Henry, will you and Mr. Mulligan please put that crate back on the truck? You, you mean you don't want them? I do not. Oh, but, but, but it's three years I've been owing you that bill, Sam. 
Don't you think it's about time it was paid? Sam? If you'll take those crates away, I'll call the whole thing paid. Oh, now, now, that's very decent of you, Sam. Give me a hand, me boy. But, Father, I need them. Henry, do you want me to put that on for you? I'll help him. Uh, you're a gentleman, Sam Aldridge. And the next time I come into town, I'll bring your son a present. But not pigeons or pigeon cooks. Oh, no, no, sir, not pigeons. I'll bring him a fine white nanny goat I have. You will? You will not? Well, good day to you all. Gee whiz. Now I've even lost what I paid for the ad. For the ad? For what ad? For coops, didn't I tell you? Let's go into the house, Henry. I want to have a talk with you. I know what you're going to say. I wouldn't cry right out here on the sidewalk, Henry. I'm not crying. Who's crying? Well, you're disappointed, dear, but the next time you do anything like this, you must tell us. Of course. We may not have room for pigeons any more than we had for rabbits, but we'll find something you can have. The only thing is I need pigeon coops. I need them bad. Oh, today you need them, but by tomorrow you'll have forgotten all about them. Sam, what, what's that? What was what? Something just flew out of our attic window. Out of which window? That was one of my pigeons. One of what pigeons? That Mr. Hubbard gave me. That he gave you? How many did he give you? Just six. Two of them are up there setting. In our attic? It would be all right if they had a coop, Father. Henry Aldrich. Henry, could I see you a minute? What about Tommy? What have you got in the box there? Your rabbits. My mother and father won't let me keep them. What are you doing, returning all four of them? All four of them? There are ten of them. Can you imagine? <laughs> Henry, we can't possibly take those. But, Mother, the ones I have don't bother you any, do they? The ones you have? Yeah, the ones in the preserve closet. Henry! <laughs> Look! Look who's coming. It's Towser. Oh, my old dog, Towser. Well, gee whiz. And where are you going to keep him, Henry? Oh, he can sleep at the foot of my bed. Listen, Henry. I want my who's it back that I gave you for the rabbits. Oh, no. That was a bargain, Tommy. You've got to give it back. Give what back? My snake. What's that? No, he gave me that snake. Well, Henry, why should you want an old dead snake? But, Mother, it isn't dead. It's alive. What? Well, where is it? Where is it? Yes. It's in my top bureau drawer. Henry Aldrich! Tommy, I just had a big idea. What about, Henry? We can make some money on these pigeons. We can clean up. How? All we have to do is put another ad in the paper. The only trouble is, though, we'll have to put it in in your father's name. <laughs> well, now, ladies and gentlemen, in the event you would like to see Henry's latest advertisement, you will find it only in next week's issue of Centerville's leading paper. The Aldrich Family, starring Ezra Stone, is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Original music for the program is composed and conducted by Jack Miller. By the way, Ezra Stone will appear as Henry Aldrich at the State Theater in Hartford, Connecticut for four days beginning February 22nd. Now, this is Harry Von Zell speaking and wishing you good night for those delicious new desserts all America's talking about. Jell-O pudding. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's The Aldridge Family, February 20th, 1940. Rabbits and Pigeons. I just love this series. Ezra Stone as Henry Aldridge with Jackie Kalk as Homer Brown, sponsored by J-E-L-L-O. 
is heard on NBC. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. Time now for Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Let's go back to May 15, 1945 for The Black Art, starring Raymond Edward Johnson as our host with Simone Simone in the starring role. Listen to and Listen to presents Inner Sanctum Mysteries, starring Simone Simone. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is, of course, Raymond, your host. Uh, please come in, won't you? Uh, make yourself comfortable in any gloomy corner. We had intended to have a real surprise for you tonight. Instead of myself, we were going to have a guest ghost to act as host. But, uh, unfortunately, this real ghost caught pneumonia, and he's in a very grave condition. The doctors have given up all hope. He's, uh going to become alive. <laughs> well, Mr. Raymond, I must admit, I'm glad that that ghost couldn't come. Mm? It's difficult enough to talk to you, but heavens, I wouldn't know what to say to a ghost. Oh, well, that's simple, Mary. All you have to do is find out whether it's uh, a he ghost or a she ghost. And if it's a she? Oh, well, then you compliment her on her appearance. You say, darling, what a divine sheet you're oh, wearing. Well, that's right, Mr. Raymond. Mm. The ladies are always interested in something new to wear. And uh, now it's time to begin. Our story is called The Black Art. It's an original tale by Milton Lewis. And our star tonight is that glamorous motion picture star, Simone Simone, who play the role of Claudine. So, uh, gather close and get ready to hear a sweet little tale that'll make you wake up screaming for at least the next two weeks. You all set? Now remember, if you don't want your hair to stand on end, get someone to sit on your head. Okay? <laughs> All right, now, let's, uh, let's hear Larry Gifford tell you his story in his own words. I wish I never heard that scream. I wish I never saw a body lying there. Blood all over the room. A knife on the floor near her throat. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget how I picked up the knife. I'll never forget the sweat that came creeping out all over me when I heard the door slam. Stand where you are. You make a move, I'll blow your head off. Don't shoot, copper. Drop that knife. Okay. What's your name? Larry. Larry Gifford. Look, I'm from Chicago. Stranger, huh? Yeah, what of it? What's her name? Her? I, uh, I don't know. I never saw her before. Look, you don't have to frisk me. I haven't got a gun. Shut up. Listen, I, I know it looks bad, but you see, my room's downstairs. I heard a scream, and I... Give me back that wallet. <laughs> your hands up. Roll papers. What of it? So I'm an ex-con, so what? You don't know her, huh? No, I don't. I... What? What have you got there? Just a picture I found in your wallet, mister. Picture of her. To Larry. With all my love, Nancy. Reckon you forgot about this, huh? Yeah, but look, I didn't kill her. I, I, Shut I... up. I think I heard that scream and came up here. Put out your hands. 
Sure. You can have him. Come back here. Come back. I didn't get far. The crowds of streets and heavily. They gathered when they heard the shots and the scream. I was dumped in jail. Well, this was a little bird in the bio country, not far from New Orleans. I was the biggest thing that hit the town since Ripley's Believe It or Not. For them jerks, my trial was a bigger show than Carmen Miranda and Gypsy Rose Lee doing a trapeze act. In no time at all, they sentenced me to be hung. It was the night before they were going to take me to the state pen for the necktie party. I was sleeping. Dreaming I was in Africa. They were beating them drums. Tom-toms. Suddenly I woke up. Moonlight was shining through the bars of my cell. I listened. Someone was beating like a tom-tom on the wall of my jail. Who is it? Who's doing that? Larry Gifford. Yeah, that's me. Were you beating on the wall? Yes. I'm under your cell window. What do you want? Drop one end of your tie through the bars. Okay. There. I've got it. What are you doing? Pull up your tie. Okay. Got it? A gun. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Good luck. Thanks, baby. Whoever you are. What's going on there, Gifford? Huh? Oh, nothing. Why? I heard talking. Oh, I, I was talking in my sleep. You've never done that before. I never was going to be hung before. What you holding there? Come here. I'll show you. That's it. For good. Yeah, and it's got enough bullets to fill your head with lead. Go over there. Open that door. Open it or I'll give it to you between the eyes. Go on. Don't you. Okay. Now I'll take your gun. Give me those keys. See how you like it in there for a while. So long. Stop him. He's going to escape. Let's go. He's going to escape. That's the first portion of Inner Sanctum Mysteries. We'll have more after these words. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Inner Sanctum Mysteries. bar. Someone told me it was a good joint where they don't ask any questions. It was. I had a few drinks. I was leaning on the bar, looking at a paper. How are you drinking? Scotch. Buy me one. I gave her the once over. I know something about dames, and she was dynamite with class. She was something. Well? Set up another, Charlie. Cigarette? Yeah. Thank you. It's a nice cigarette holder. Must cost at least a C. You know I love, don't you? Enough. 
I know you. Do you? Sure. There's something about... Wait a second. Here. Here in this evening's paper, your picture. Oh, it's not a very good picture, is it? After seeing you, no. Claudine Lucerne. Recently returned from France. Elected head of art committee. Miss Lausanne, member of one of New Orleans' oldest and wealthiest families. I've read it. Turn the page. Why? I want to show you something. Okay. There. Larry Gifford of Chicago, wanted for murder, is sought by police after sensational jailbreak. I do not read anymore. Why? I feel something against your side. It's a gun. I'm holding it in my pocket. Don't be afraid. I won't give you away. Got a light? Yeah. What do you want? Listen to that music. That tapping. What about it? It's the way you're tapping your cigarette holder against your glass. I'm just keeping time to the music. I heard that tapping before. Yeah, sure, in the cell. And I heard your voice before. Did you? You gave me the gun. Now let me hear you. Uh, what's what's this all about? You'll find out. Relax. I, I can't. I, I I guess I had a few too many. My head, I feel like I'm spinning around, getting dizzy. Two green eyes. Pink with blood around the edges looked at me out of a queer furry head. It was the head of a bat. It smiled. It had sharp little bat teeth that had pink on them. There was an ache in my throat. I looked again. It wasn't a bat's face. It was hers. Claudine's. I was dreaming. Larry? Hmm? Oh, well, where am I? My suite at the hotel. Ah, how'd I get here? You passed out at the blue bottle. I brought you here. When? Two hours ago. Oh, I must have been sleeping. I had the queerest dream. I thought... <clears throat> oh, oh. What's the matter? My, my throat. That pain, like a knife... Those, those green eyes of yours, that red mouth, those white teeth. Look, we're, we're going to have a showdown right now. I'm, I'm... Where's my gun? I took it. Look, what do you want with me? Nothing you don't want to do yourself. Don't talk in riddles. Have you, have you ever been in love? Sure, dames are always falling for me. Why? I, I guess that's what happened to me. Are you kidding? No. Do you think I'd get you out of jail if I were? But I, I never saw you before. I saw you at the trial. That's that's where it happened. Oh, how can a dame like you go for a guy like me? I don't know. But it happened. I, I don't believe it. I'm sorry. Come here. Yes? I'm going to kiss you, baby. Larry. Oh, Larry. Yeah, 
It's a funny thing to do. Kiss a guy on the neck. Better wipe that lipstick off. I... Hey. What's in that? My handkerchief. That ain't lip rouge on my neck. It's blood. No, you're making a mistake. My neck's bleeding. What, what kind of a dame are you, anyway? I'm getting out. No, don't. If you go, I'll tell him where you are. Oh, you will. Yes, huh? and I... Oh! You won't tell him for a while, baby. <laughs> Grady's joint in the old city of New Orleans was just a place. She'd never find me in that dump. Nobody'd ever find you there. I got a room. I went to sleep. I was safe. Then I heard it again. That same rhythm. It woke me up. I heard it, but I couldn't believe it. How could she know I was here? Or was it her... There's nobody in the room. I opened the door. Nobody outside. I slammed it. The beating stopped. I turned around. It's looking into the muzzle of a gun. Sit down, Larry. Huh? How'd you get here? My Grady ran to the room next to you. There's an connecting door. What what's the idea of the gun? Can't you guess? You're you going to kill me? Maybe. Well, you're, you're going to a lot of trouble to bump off a guy who's going to be hung anyway. Do you want to die? No. There is a way you can live. How? By coming with me. Yeah. What else have I got to do? Marry me. You're out of your head. You hate me? No. No, I, I, I don't. I don't hate you. I'm, I'm scared of you. Yeah, I, I've never been scared of anybody the way I'm scared of you. Scared enough to do as I say? Maybe. I had hoped you would love me. Maybe I do. You're lying. No. No, baby. <laughs> it's no use. Look, what are you going to do? Kill you? No, put the gun down. Give me a break. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Claudine's a kid of her words. When she tells someone she's gonna kill him, she does it. She'd make a wonderful wife for some Frankenstein monster. She's attractive, a good killer, and she has a well-developed taste for blood. Hey, why should I hand her over to some other guy? She's just a gal for me. Nonsense, Mr. Raymond. Why, Mary Bennett, I believe you're jealous. I am not. Yes, you are. You're thinking what a handsome couple you and I would make strolling down the avenue, me dressed in a shroud. Now, uh, let's get back to our star, Simone Simone, who seems to be making life hard for a guy named Larry. The last time we looked in, she had just shot him. But I've got a tip that that's only the beginning of his troubles. Uh, how about it, Larry? What happened then? I went down in a heap when she fired. The bullets caught me in the thigh. I lay there. I made out like I was dead. Larry. Larry. She fell for it. She bent over me. A gun in her hand. Larry, are you... Oh! Take it easy, kid. Let go of my hand. Not like I get that gun. Let go. Let go. Get that gun up. I have to break your arm. No, don't. 
Oh. Okay. I've got it now. You shot me in the leg, but I'm still strong enough to get rid of you. Yeah. I'm no angel, baby, but you're worse. Here's something I heard about, but I never believed. How'd you know I'd be here? How'd you know I'd be in the blue bottle? Go on, answer me. I've got nothing to tell you. Oh, you don't have to. It was magic. Black magic. Somebody nobody'd believe if I ever told him. There's only one thing to do with you. Yes? Kill you. But I ain't taking any chances like you did with me. When I kill you, you're going to stay dead. Those tom-toms are going to stop forever. You think so, Larry? I know it. Come here. Larry, Just Shut I... up. Oh! I knocked her out cold. She lay on the floor. Put the muzzle of the gun to her temple. She was so beautiful, it made you shiver. I pulled the trigger. I looked. What I saw nearly made me pass out. A little blue vein on her temple was beating. There wasn't a scratch on her. A little curl of red hair was twisted around her ear. Was I seeing things? I aimed the gun at her heart. Nothing. Not a speck of blood. I stuck the muzzle between her eyes. Shot till the gun clicked empty. I looked. The white skin on her face looked more beautiful than ever. Had to get away. Out of the same city where she was. Out of the same state. The same world. I let out for the open country. To the bayous on the river back in New Orleans. My wounds festered as I dragged myself through the swamps. And I got a fever. It's like a nightmare. In my head, I kept feeling those tom -toms. I couldn't take a train or a bus or go to a doctor. I'd be caught. One night I saw a big house shining in the moonlight. I decided to take a chance. I knocked at the door. What is it? Sorry, miss. I was hunting. I had an accident in my leg. Oh. If you let me come in and call a doctor, I'd be very grateful. You don't want to come into this house. Can't you see I need help? You'll never be helped here. There's nothing good here, only evil and fear. So go away, please. I'm warning you. Go away before my sister comes out. What's the matter with you? Don't you see I can hardly move? Go away while you still have the strength to crawl away. Now, believe me. Tell Mr. Gifford to come in and close the door, Cassie. Uh, that voice. That's my sister. This is your sister. Cardine Lassan. Good evening, Larry. I was wondering when you'd get here. You know him? Yes. Mr. Gifford and I are old friends. Friends. How can you have a friend now, Kathy? He's someone like you. You mustn't mind her, Larry. Kathy isn't quite well. I don't know who you are, Mr. Gifford. But I do know that she's brought you here to kill me. Kathy? I knew it would happen on a night like this when the moon was full. She's been preparing for it for months. I've told everyone about it, but no one will believe me. I've told them again and again, and they say I'm insane. They think I've lost my mind. But she is going to murder me tonight while the moon is full. She's going to murder me. She... Oh. Go to your room, Kathy, immediately. Oh. I live here. Come, Larry. You must know by this time that you can't fight me. Yes, I... I thought I'd never see you again. I'm, I'm not well. I've got a fever. Hey, that tom tom being in my brain. I can't stop it. It's getting louder and louder. What? 
I blacked out. When I opened my eyes again, I was in a soft bed with clean sheets. Someone had dressed my wounds. The moonlight came into my room like a living yellow ghost. Then I heard it. Just like the one Nancy made when she was killed. I limped out of bed, went to the room next door. It was Kathy on the floor. Murdered. The knife was still in her neck. Then I heard it again. The tom-tom. Queer sounding this time. I felt myself beginning to sway to the rhythm like a dancer. Then I did something I couldn't stop myself from doing. I put my hands down, drew out the knife. I wiped my bloody hand on my shirt. Suddenly I looked up. She was there, Claudine. Drop the knife, Larry. What? What have you got in your hands? These? These came from the skeleton of someone who was once alive. You're not a woman. You're a devil. I'm going to... Don't come any closer, Larry. I don't want to kill you just yet. Just yet? So we're close to the payoff. Yes. You're trembling, Larry. Who are you? There's no reason why I cannot tell you now. You don't believe, do you, that there are unseen powers that can be controlled by someone who knows how? I can believe anything about you. Thank you, Larry. Your heart is pounding like a throbbing drum, isn't it, Larry? You can feel death close, can't you? What have you got to say to me? I'm going to tell you a story, Larry. The story of a child who was brought up on this estate by a strange old woman, a conjure woman. In her head were all the black arts of the world. She taught me. Why are you telling me this? It amuses me to watch you a murder, helpless and terrified. So terrified you can hardly breathe. I find it very exciting. Then it, it was blood I found on my handkerchief. Yes. It is one of the ways to gain complete power over a person. And a tantal. Another spell to make you do what I want. And the murder of your sister... You want me to be the patsy for that? You're beginning to understand. You see, Cassie and I inherited the estate. There's really not enough for both of us. You'll tell him I did it. Yes. And that I killed you in self-defense. What are, you, what are you looking at me that way for? I was remembering something. Remembering? Oh. That kiss baby, wasn't it? You're a devil, but still a woman, ain't you? You didn't forget that kiss, did you? No. Well, what are you going to do? Come here. Closer. Well? Don't move. There. You, you're going to let me live? Live? Well, it's my life against yours, you fool. I'll put that gun down. When I'm finished. Please, give me a break. I'm begging you. Begging you? I'll do anything you say. Just give me a chance, please. Here it comes, Larry. Between your How do you feel today, Gifford? Much better, officer. Legs healing fine. We checked that crazy story you told us. It's all true. Tell me something. How'd you know to come to the Lucerne place when you're dead? You arrived just in time. A second later and she would have killed me. 
Kathy, her sister phoned us, told us to come out. I came in the room and saw her threatening you with a gun. I shot at her. I had to. Got her in the shoulder. Should have killed her. State will take care of that. Did you believe the story she told you at first? That I killed her sister and she was killing me in self-defense? No. You see, Gifford, we'd found out that you weren't a murderer. You didn't kill Nancy Warren. The man who did that confessed. That made her whole story false. How, how did she do it, Captain? How did she find out where I always went? Police psychiatrist said she did, did it by post-hypnotic suggestion. She told you where to go while you were asleep, and you never realized that you were always doing just what you wanted. But the bullets, when I shot at her and tried to kill her, how'd she do that? It was all carefully planned. The first shot she fired at you were real bullets. The others in the gun were blanks. She wanted to get you so thoroughly under her power that you think she couldn't be killed. You see, all this so-called black magic has an explanation. Has it? I wonder. <laughs> Oh, that black magic. <laughs> I tell you what I'm going to do. Step right this way, friends, and get yourself a post-hypnotic suggestion. Spell it backwards and you get murder. Uh, what's that? You can't spell. Ain't you lucky? Talking of luck, Mr. Raymond, I think Larry Gifford was mighty lucky to escape that awful woman. The uh, moral for tonight's assault on your nerves is never marry a dame who sucks blood out of your throat. Such dames give you a pain in the neck. <laughs> by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery Novel is The Red Right Hand by Joel Townsley Rogers. Yes, and don't you dare miss next week's story directed by Hyman Brown and brought to you by Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup. Well, now I guess it's really time to close that there squeaking door, so, uh, good night, for real. Pleasant And that's Inner Sanctum Mysteries from May 15, 1945, with the Black Art. Raymond Edward Johnson was heard as Raymond, our host on that, sponsored by Lipton Tea, and starring Simone Simone with uh, Larry Haynes and Leslie Woods, along with Santos Ortega in the supporting cast. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's Nick Carter, Master Detective, The Abbott and Costello Show, The Screen Guild Theater, Let George Do It, The Phil Harris and Alice Face Show, and The Sealed Book. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, Executive Producer, Mike Costello, Engineer Sam Wolf, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, Adam West, our special guest this week, Kathy Garver. Check out our website at kathygarver.com. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com.